Now here's a highlight from Coast to Coast AM on iHeartRadio. And welcome back. Psychic Bob Hickman with us. He's been working with the spirit world for more than 30 years. His early years as a psychic were spent helping people who had haunted houses. And as the years went on, he was introduced to the spiritualist church and became a professional medium. Over the past 25 years, he has helped countless thousands of people with his psychic readings and spiritual advice. Bob is fond of saying, we are all on a soul journey, and so we must view each other with compassion. I like that. He loves to travel, teach classes, seek out paranormal adventures, many of which are on, uh, you know, in his various books I just mentioned. When not traveling and doing readings, loves to write, paint, and explore the mysteries of Wicca. Bob, welcome, Psychic Bob. Good to have you with us. Thank you, George. It's great to be here tonight with you. You have a great reputation, by the way. You are one of those that have uh, really struck people the right way when you work with them. And uh, I wanted you to know that. Uh, you're, you're well thought of. Well, thank you very much. You know, I I like to tell people what I do is, uh, it's not a job. I don't have a job. I have a calling. You know, I think the work of a psychic and a medium is a sacred calling. And and every day is kind of a sacred and a mystical and fun experience. You are both a psychic and a medium, are you not? Yes, sir, I am, yes. Do you prefer one to the other? Well, you know, for me, um, I'm really about 50-50, to be honest with you. Uh, people say, well, when are you speaking as a psychic or when are you speaking as a medium? And for me, I really can't split it because... I started out as a psychic, and then I evolved into a medium, and <laughs> now they're kind of blended. So i, I got to keep Ouija boards away from you, Bob, but we'll get into that in a second. Okay, we could talk about that. How, tell me how this all happened for you. Well, you know, George, when I was a kid, now, just to give you some background. And where'd you grow up? I grew up in Alexandria, Virginia, okay. where I actually still reside. Ah, all right. And, uh, lifelong Washingtonian. We're literally five minutes outside Washington, D.C. And um, I grew up um, in a household that was basically, uh, they were my parents and family were non-believers in anything spiritual. And um, But as a child, I started having, I would call, you know, like mystical or psychic experiences. Like, for example, as a kid, literally, like as a seven-year-old kid, I'd look out the window and see, you know, Mr. Jones down the street, a neighbor drive by. And I would get a flash, you know, like, oh, my God, Mr. Jones is going to die on Friday. Oh, my God. <laughs> I mean, you know, as a kid, that's very traumatic because you think, oh, my God, how do I know that? And I would go to my parents and say, I'm so scared Mr. Jones is going to die. And my parents just totally dismissed this. They thought, okay, our kid's a little delusional, you know. And uh, they just dismissed it. But then what would happen on Friday, we'd hear, oh, Mr. Jones passed away. And, you know, everybody would chalk it up, oh, it's just coincidence, you know. But as a child, for me, being psychic was actually kind of a scary experience. It was a little traumatic. But um, that's how it started for me, just knowing, you know, just literally knowing things that were coming. And it's remarkable work, to be sure. You know, we've had a lot of psychics and mediums on our program. And uh, dealing with spirit, you've been doing that for a long time. Do they come to you or do you go to them, Bob? Well, in the early days, I went to them. This is the funny part. Um, I was, you know, as I said, I was never trained in my younger years as a psychic nor a medium. 
Uh, but I was fascinated with it. I had, you know, every book that came out on that subject. And um, one of, the way I started out was that uh, when I was about 15 years old, um, some friends of my parents had a haunted house. And this was not just like a little rap in the night. They had really scary phenomena, like entire door frames being destroyed, like their doors would slam so hard it would break the doors. Rip them right off their uh, s- s- yeah, seals. Yeah, literally. Yeah. And they Jesus. called my parents out of literally desperation. They're like, nobody's going to believe us. They're going to think we're crazy. And they said, your son, Bob, you know, he really believes in all this stuff. Do you, do you think maybe he could help us? And my mom literally said, well, hey, do you want to go help these people? And I said, hey, that sounds, you know, for me as a teenager, it's like, hey, a weekend away, dealing with a ghost, that's fun. Okay, I'll do that. And you might and get I, paid honestly, for it, right? I didn't even get paid for it. No, I did it totally for free. All right. And I had no training. But what was interesting is when I walked into these people's houses, now remember, I didn't know how to do this. I just instinctively knew. And I'd walk into their house, and I said, you've got two entities in this house. And they're like, they just stare at me like, yeah, you're right. I'm like, okay. I said, one of them is a non-human entity. And as I walked through the house, I said, it resides right here by the basement door area. Well, interestingly, that's where the door would always be busted, was their basement door. And then I said, the second entity is a young boy. He's 11 years old. He died in the Civil War. Oh, jeez. And they were like, are you for real? And I said, yes. They said, well, we think there's somebody else, but we don't know who it is. And why would a person who died in the Civil War be in that house? Because the the neighborhood, we found out later, was built on an area that was... um, uh, Civil War graves of soldiers. Aha. All right. That'll do it. Yeah. So they disturb kind of the dead. The dead like their peace, you know. Yes. And that's what started it. And now what's really interesting is when I told this family about this boy, I said, because I literally saw he appeared to me. I saw him psychically. And I said, he's 11 years old. He's about, you know, five feet tall, etc. When it was the family thought, oh, that's kind of cute. Yeah, whatever. Well, the next day after I had left the house, this was, I stayed for the weekend and observed a lot of phenomena. The next day when I left the house, the family were all in the dining room gathered, and literally a boy that looked like I described walked physically. They actually Everybody saw it walk through the dining room and literally walk through the wall. And, Jeez. I mean, my reading was confirmed. You know? Absolutely. I mean, and did, did he seem to be aware of the people in the room? Yes, he was. Um, he stopped and actually looked. He turned his head. There was one young um, son who was my age. He was 15. And then he had another brother who was uh, 12. And he looked at both of the boys. And he, like, almost like, he, I don't think he went up and touched them, but he t- took a step forward towards them, from what I understand. Even to this and, day, has anything scared you about what you do? Um, you know, this is funny. I don't get scared of this. No, honestly, I mean, I have the good sense to know when there are evil forces or evil spirits, but I also have learned how to handle anything like that as well. So I don't, I don't think I have fear. I think I have what I would say professional caution. Mm-hmm. All right. Caution. What do these evil spirits want? Most of them are, well, let me, let me clarify. There are two types of evil spirits. One is the one that most people encounter are what we call earthbound souls. And these are souls that have died that are um, 
trapped. They don't want to move on. They have a lot of guilt, a lot of anger. Um, trapped they might be like, they, for example, a wife beater, an abuser. They trap themselves? Excuse me? They trap themselves? Yes, they do, by their own negativity, yes. Okay. And the other type of spirit is what we call an inhuman spirit, that has never been a person on Earth. It's a spirit that lives in another dimension that somehow gets into this dimension and creates havoc. So these are the two type of dark entities that people deal with. What do they want? You know, for, for the human spirits, a lot of times it's just that they want resolution. They have unresolved anger. They have unresolved guilt. Sometimes they, some of the earthbound spirits aren't necessarily evil, but they're heartbroken. You know, like they never had, a, you know, have unrequited love. Or they, you know, just can't let go of this life. And they have an obsession. Like some people that die, like, for example, that are diehard atheists for example. And I'm not saying atheists are evil. That's, that's not a judgment. But some people are so attached to the material world that when they, when they leave the body, they, they suddenly discover that they, their consciousness exists beyond the body. And for them, it's terrifying. It's like, I, I'm scared to leave my house because I don't know what's happening. And then they become earthbound, too. So it's a, it's a mixture of things. Have you ever had a time where you just go blank and you can't get in touch with spirit or vice versa? Oh, yeah. Let, uh, let me tell you, George, any psychic or medium that, that you talk to, if they ever tell you, oh, I'm always 100% accurate, I'm always communicating, they're not being honest. No. Because I, I have times where I just can't get it, and, I just, and I'm honest. And any medium that's worth their, their you know, weight and money will, sure. will tell you, Sometimes you just can't get it. So, yes. What creates those times when you just don't get it? That is really interesting. It's something I'm still trying to understand. Um, There are a few factors that play into that. Uh, Sometimes it can just be that the people that you're working with are such diehard skeptics that they put up an energy blockage. Like as a psychic, when when I interact with people... I feel their energy. I feel if they're good people, if they're bad people, if they're aggressive, if they're fearful. Whatever their, their mode of consciousness is, I pick it up. And for some people that are diehard haters, I call it the haters of psychics, I can't get anything because they've just so shut me out from an energy place that I just can't move into that, that sphere. Other times, it can also be just fatigue. If a psychic's really tired, their energy is lower, their, their physical vitality is lower, and sometimes that connection's just harder to make. Bob, the older we get, and of course we're all going to join the spirit world at one point, but take us through something, because this is a question I really have never asked any psychic or medium. When you, From the moment one dies, whether it's in their sleep or in a tragic car accident or, or whatever, what happens, in your opinion? Well, you know... Everybody, this is the part that's hard to answer for you, is that everybody's experience is different. There's no one reality that you encounter. It's my belief that upon death, you will exit your body, which generally would be like, float, it's like literally float out of your body. Many people see their body you know, above their body or they'll be standing next to their body. And at some point, most people have what they call a doorway experience, where a tunnel of light will appear or a bright light, or they'll have somebody come to greet them, and they'll go on through that doorway. Now, um, 
what people experience when they cross over really depends on, I believe, their consciousness. So if in your mind, George, let's say you said, you know, my ideal heaven would be that I'd find myself at my favorite beach on a beautiful day at 75 degrees and watching the dolphins in the surf. Well, you know what? When you die, you're probably going to find yourself entering a world that looks like that. Do you know you're dead? Um, a lot of times you don't. At first, it, because what happens is when you die, you feel more alive than when you're alive. Is it like a dream? Well, some people have said that it feels like a dream, but it's more real than dream. And um, I had my own near-death experience, which would take three hours to talk about, but basically huh. I was in a in a car accident, and my experience was I literally was floating above my body, and I saw the car accident below, and my car was literally mangled around me. Um, and what was strange is I had absolute awareness that I was dead and that I was in my spirit body, and I didn't feel any concern. Like, I was totally unconcerned about this fact. Were there. you in your spirit body or what we call astral body, or is that one of the same? Well, you know, people split that up. Personally, I don't find the difference. To me, it's all the same, honestly. Okay. I, I don't differentiate between that, and I know some psychics do. To me, it's all the same. So I was in a spiritual body that was made of light, and it looked just like my physical body. And now a lot of people, as I said, have that tunnel experience where they go through the tunnel. I didn't actually have the tunnel experience. It was as if I just instinctively knew to look up. And when I saw the light, I was instantly at the light, the other side. And it was beautiful. It's, it's even hard to put into words. There's nothing I can describe. You know, I didn't get the, the great meadow or the beach like some people do. I was just instantly in this place of brilliance. And there was a lot of people coming up to me, talking to me. And what's funny is, George, I don't even know who they were. Like, But when I was there, I knew them. I knew who they were. And they were... They were people that I knew from, I think, other lives or from the spirit world, you know. Why are and so... Thought, Go ahead. Yeah. What? Well, I was going to say, I just think we all... You know, the reality that was impressed on me when I had that experience was we all come from the spirit world, and in the end, we all go back to it. So it's going to the spirit world after death is actually not something new for us. We've all done it before, I believe. Why are some places haunted? What, what, what do those entities want? Why do they haunt? Why do they try to scare the living daylights out of people? <laughs> well, you know, I, I, that's a really good question. Not every, and this is the part I want to emphasize, not every ghost is actually scary. Some of these spirits that actually have at houses are really friendly people. They just don't want to go. See, this is the thing. When people die, they get a choice. You actually choose. Well, do I want to go through that doorway or do I want to stay here? And so a lot of hauntings are simply people who just say, I don't feel like leaving. I like it here more. Now, there are times where it's a, it's a spirit that is in a state of trauma. And I worked on a case one time where there was a murder case. And there was a lady that would walk through the house literally crying and screaming every night you know, like at 1 a.m. And the family literally would see it and hear it, like it would wake them up out of their sleep. And they had a teenage daughter who would get up and literally try to console the spirit. And that was a soul who was murdered. What's interesting is when I went to that house, 
I walked in. The first thing I said, I said, there's pacing in the hallway. And they said, yeah, that's where she appears every night. I said, okay, good, I'm getting you right. And I walked through the house. I asked the family, I said, don't tell me anything. I do better work the less I know. And I walked through the house. And when I got to the basement, um, I said, she died right here. Like I was, could feel like it was almost like a, like a vacuum sucking me into the ground. And the husband said, oh, my God, how did you know that? I said, well, I just can feel the energy shift here. And he pulled back the carpet that was on the floor, and there were still markings from the police where the body had been, you know, they outlined the body with marker. And the permanent marker never came up off the floor, and there was a blood stain still on the floor that they could never get out. But it was, you know, it was there. So that was a case of a spirit that was just traumatized. She couldn't get over that she had been murdered, and she relived. This was the hell of it. She relived her death every night, like the trauma of running through the house trying to escape. Over and over again. Over and over, yes. Listen to more Coast to Coast AM every weeknight at 1 a.m. Eastern, and go to coasttocoastam.com for more.